This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the show. And if you like what you're hearing, which, come on, let's face it, you do. Make sure to tell a friend. You can find us on iTunes, the app, or my site, AllisonRosen.com. Hey everyone, hi, hello, it is me, Allison, and I'm here with actor Kevin Rahm, who you know from Mad Men, Desperate Housewives, and an array of other things. An array. There's is a virtual array. Really? Yeah. What are the other things in the array that you get recognized for? Uh, friends. I still get recognized from Friends. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I, okay. I just read up on the episode that you were on because I was like, wait, you were on Friends? I've seen every episode. Twice. You were... Phoebe's date, right, and, and Monica's sous chef. Yes, and, and she got, wanted to fire you, and Phoebe wanted to break up with you, but they they, they were fought like, over who got to do it first. Yes, and I ended up both happened at the same time. How was your experience on Friends? It was epic. I mean, I was a, I mean, again, a fan of the show. I was working on Jesse before, so I knew the producers. Uh, Bright Coffin Crane were the same producers, and uh, they just offered me the part, and I was like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll do, I'll be on that show, and. Um, I just remember in particular Matt LeBlanc and Jennifer Aniston, who I didn't work with at all on the show, made a point of coming up to me and like, how are you doing? Is everything okay? You having a good time? Do you need anything? And I was like, uh, I'm fine. Thank you. That's so nice. <laughs> they were, yeah, unbelievably nice. When I hear stories – I was recently uh, – someone was telling me that – okay, so he works for a musician that was on the Stephen Colbert show. And he was saying that like of all the TV people he's met, Stephen Colbert is the nicest because he makes a point of going around and saying hello and shaking every single person's hand. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking – how oftentimes – like I can be kind of shy and I just kind of blow in and do my thing and leave. Not to that degree, but I was thinking how yeah, I don't – you're dealing with tech people. They don't count. Okay. Right? Yeah. Can they hear me? They can't hear me, right? <laughs> no, he can hear you. What? What? No? <laughs> Nothing. Huh? Nothing. Nothing. Love think- you guys. Thank you. Yeah, I was just so- thinking yeah. – how- <laughs> Computers. <laughs> Megabyte. <laughs> but I was just thinking how much people always appreciate – People who go out of their way to introduce themselves and be nice and how I should keep that in mind because shyness is usually just perceived as bitchiness. Well, the more famous you are, the bitchier that's perceived. Oh, then it's okay for right? me. Right. You're fine. You're fine, <laughs> Allison. Fine. No, one, no one's going to know. No, but like they, it didn't take them much. You know, they took – it took them a minute or two each yeah. out of their week. And it doesn't take much to, to have a good impression like right. that. You know? Maybe that is the key. It's that at a certain point when you're famous, you become like an ambassador. For the show or whatever. Yeah, and like any look, anytime you hear a bad story about a celebrity, if you hear one or two, you're like, oh, it could have been a bad day. You never know what's going on with them that day. And you know, right. I know one another one who I won't name, but another member of the cast was having a really bad week that week, and just you know, just didn't make a point of saying hi. And I don't hold it against him. I just remember how positive the experience was with the other two. Schwimmer. I didn't say that. Perry. I suspected <laughs> that it was one of those. Well, I um, I interviewed David Schwimmer, and as a joke, I said to him, "Mind if I call you Ross?" And he looked like like I just like spilled a, like cold water on his head or something. He was just looked at me like you animal, you know. And I'm like, he's like, you're, "You're kidding, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just kidding." That was a joke. Yeah, it was fine after that. And actually, I, I you know I had a, it was a good interview, and then I ended up. Um, 
like his publicist hired me to moderate uh, a discussion at the Apple Store in New York for his new movie. So it went fine. Went better um, than fine. It yeah, sounds like it if you did. Got hired. Yeah, it, it it did. But for a moment, I thought, uh oh, those guys. Those guys had to have gotten. I mean, after that show, they were they were mega stars at the time. Yeah, and they must have got that all the time. That's got to get old. I was actually in a bar. Friend, I just moved here. Friends was already already popular because I remember it in college. But I was at a weird bar in Hollywood, and and Matt LeBlanc again was at the bar, and some guy walked up and was like, "Hey man, how you doing? This is my girl," and like flirting with him, like, and like just talking. He's like, "Remember me? We blah blah blah." And finally, uh, Matt goes, "Yeah, yeah, that's great, that's great." And he walked away, and he turned to me, and I didn't know him. He was just sitting at the bar next to me, and he goes, "I just totally got that guy laid." <laughs> like you're awesome. Like you're awesome. <laughs> you went out of your way, and now that guy's gonna get laid. Yeah, that's cool. Um, okay, we were talking about clowns. Oh, love clowns. A moment ago. Yeah, there's a great clown painting in the hallway. I'm sure everyone who watches the show has seen it, or no? You should tweet that. I should I'll tweet. tweet. It. Yeah, there's it's a it's a creepy clown with a naked woman on his lap, and then there's I don't know. Did you notice the clowns in there's the background? Like, like like pixie clowns, like yeah. flying in the air with balloons. I believe, if I remember correctly, it's it's, it's creepy. It's a painting that used to hang in the bathroom, and then mm. it got moved to sort of the front area of the studio here. And I find clowns to be very creepy. I don't like them, but you like them. Well, I find them to be creepy. I enjoy their creepiness. Oh, maybe this isn't about clowns. Maybe it's whether we appreciate creepy things maybe. or not. Maybe. Maybe. In yeah. general, do you skew creepy? Yeah. I got to say, yeah. Do you I like, like I like weird creepy. I don't, I, I don't like to dress up because I do that for a living. So yeah. it's not, you know, like I have friends who like they cannot wait for Halloween and it's the best costume ever. And I'm like, yeah, I do that for a living. I don't want to get dressed up for as another person for mm-hmm. not, not getting paid. Right. <laughs> I can't. I can't abide <laughs> right, by it. Right. But uh, no, I I enjoy like this. this it's, it's it's silly. It's silly, creepy, and I enjoy that. Do you like horror movies? I do. I do like horror movies. Do you like being scared? Do they scare you? No. Huh. No. I, what, what scares me is stuff like The Exorcist. That, that was scares a scary me. Fucking like movie. Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. That scares me. Like things that. If you believe in that could be true, right. that scares me. Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that creeps me out a little bit because, you know, I, I used to live in Texas. That could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, stuff like, you know, what I know what you did last summer and, you know, those kind of movies. I'm like, yeah. No. Right. No, but Exor- Exorcist was That freaked me really out. Really scary. Me too. For months and months and months. The Shining. I still, have, those still two. haven't even seen oh, that. Oh, that's good. The Kubrick version, not the, not right. the made-for-TV one. But you enjoy the feeling of – see, I, I look at movies like that and um, – I just don't want to see them, even though I'm aware that they're great pieces of cinema, because I know that it's going to be too. It's too just going to fuck me up too much. Yeah, this. Well, I saw the. I saw the both of those at too young of an age, and they they messed with me. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't sleep after The Shining for weeks. I just couldn't sleep. Yeah. Which I blame for my current insomnia. I think I never got over it. You have insomnia? I do. I, I, I'm a night owl. I like to be up late, and my wife goes to bed really early and goes to work really early, and so that. That doesn't always work out. Yeah. Um, I suffer on and off from insomnia as well. Do you have p- – so when do you sleep or don't uh, you? I can – I could literally lay down right here and sleep. That's like I can sleep convenient. anytime, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Once I go to sleep, I'm out. I can sleep forever. But uh, it's at night. Like if there's like a window, I have a window. And if I'm feeling it, if it's time to go to bed, I don't care if it's 8 o'clock. If I don't go to bed, then it's going to be 2 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. easily. Yes. I, that's, I remember that. It's like if I stay up. Wait, I'm not sure if this is what you were just saying, but like if I stay up past a certain point, then I'm up. Yeah, then it's too late. Like if yeah, right. once once that window, once I've passed, once the window shuts, it's going to be two, three, four o'clock in the morning, and then I'm just going, what am I doing? I have to yeah. be up. Yeah. Or or my day is going to be you know 
affected by that the next day. How does this affect your relationship with your wife that you guys are on different sleep schedules? Well, when I'm working, it's easier because there's a reason. You know, but when I'm not when I'm not shooting, and you know, because she goes to bed at ten, eleven, and she's up at five thirty six, and she's off to work, and so and she likes for us to go to bed together, mm-hmm. and we're still a year in, so like I'm, you know, it's like oh, I'm gonna just watch one more show, I'll be in there in a minute. And she's like, no, you're not, don't lie, and I'm like, no, I will, I fine, don't sleep on the couch because <laughs> yeah. then I feel then it's three o'clock in the morning, or I've fallen up. asleep on the couch, I don't want to wake her up because she has two hours left to sleep, right? And the dog, one of the dogs, always stays out with me, and one of them likes the bed more than me, mm-hmm. so it goes to the bed so yeah it just depends uh what does your wife do uh she is a pediatric cardiothoracic surgeon wow baby hearts wow yeah that's what she does i married up (laughs) i married up big time don't tell her she doesn't she's not gonna hear this don't tell her how do you feel about the fact that she does something so much more important than what you do uh i would argue that's a that's not true Oh, it's totally true. <laughs> I, t- I, I was, I do just, tell I was her, semi just kidding. I do tell her. No, no. It's it's so much more important than what I do. And and it put, I actually, I do think that entertainment is very important. But I feel like you can make the case that, well, this is more life and death. <laughs> literally. Yeah. Like, you know, if I mess up a scene, no one's going to die. Everyone's still going to make it to lunch and everyone's going to go home on time. Or not necessarily on time. They're going to make it home. Like the joke I tell her is I say, um, you know, look, you can only save one kid at a time. Millions of people. <laughs> Watch the shows. Millions of people are affected by it. And does she laugh? <laughs> she does. She snickers. <laughs> At this point, she's done with the joke, so she doesn't laugh anymore. <laughs> right. How did you guys meet? Uh, we met. Uh, I called it for a long time a blind date. She uh, describes it as a meet and greet, and I'll let you decide. Okay. A friend of mine from elementary school uh, is a lawyer in Louisiana, where we're both from. His girlfriend's a pediatrician. I had just broken up some, some actress like seven years ago. And said to them over dinner in Louisiana, that's it. I'm done with actresses. I said to Melissa, find me a doctor. I said, I need a doctor. I need a sugar mama. Someone to take care of me. <laughs> Daddy, Daddy needs somebody to take care of him now. And, uh, and she said, yeah, okay. And then, like, I didn't think twice about it. Six months later, I'm back down there visiting. Uh, and Melissa calls and says, okay, I found someone. And I was like, no. No, that was – I had two margaritas. That was dinner banter. I was yeah. joking. Were you seeing anyone at that point? No, I was totally single at the time. As far as I can recall. And uh, she said, no, just come hang out. We'll just hang out. So we went to JB's house and we had wine uh, because we weren't unaware of Mangria yet. So we (laughs) we had wine. Um, And then we had Mexican food and we played Wii. But I'm standing in the foyer and I'm talking to my buddy JB and we were in some intense conversation that for the life of me doesn't matter because I can't remember what it was. And in walks this little redhead and she's kind of to my right and she's in my peripheral vision and she's kind of like just hanging there. And I'm like, what? And finally I turned and said, what? And she goes, is Melissa here? And I'm like, she's in the kitchen. God, go. Whatever. And as soon as she walked away. How romantic. I was like, oh, that's my date. That's my date. That's a good start. Good start. Well, why did you greet her that way? Uh, Because that conversation was very important. And she was kind of lingering. It's not like she walked in and said, hey, hi. Nice to meet you. She was just kind of lingering. I'm like, what are you lurking? She was creeping. She was creeping on (laughs) me. And uh, (laughs) I don't remember. It was just, but that was, we never stopped seeing each other. We just kind of kept, kept dating. Well, so at what point in the night did you realize that she wasn't just someone who was annoyingly creeping? Oh, immediately. Like, by the time they came back in, I, probably a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, no, she wasn't. I just – I didn't know who she was. I didn't – I had never met her, didn't see her. And she was, yeah. and she was just kind – of, the way she was hanging there made me think she wasn't the date. She was just a friend of Melissa's who was borrowing something. Right. Uh, and it wasn't until she walked away. I was like, oh, that's – that could be the date. And now I have to backtrack. <laughs> How long ago was this? Seven years. Mother, oh, wow. It was Mother's Day. I remember it was Mother's Day weekend, and I think it was seven years ago. 
So, but you guys are a year into the marriage. Right. Yeah. She lived in Louisiana for the first two and a half years. Then she got a fellowship in Redlands, which is about an hour east of here for three years. So this is the first year we've lived in the same city, which has worked out well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So is this a meet and greet or a date? I feel like that was, yeah, I'm going to go meet and greet. Yeah. My my opinion has changed. I called it a blind date because that's what I saw it as. Mm -hmm. But her argument was I did not pick her up. I did not take her home and I did not buy her dinner. So that's a meet and greet. Is she old fashioned ish? Uh, well, we're both from Louisiana, so that's kind of just there. – there is a sense of that just kind of ingrained in you mm-hmm. just from being raised there. Uh, I wouldn't call either of us necessarily old-fashioned, but there is there's a uh, manners matter, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, you know. Right. There, 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 there is some – that sense of that. Have you shed that? Mostly, yeah. Almost all of it. <laughs> I still say – I still say y'all. I still say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. Yes, sir, no, sir. Even if I don't know – even if you're my age – and I don't know your name or I don't know you. I'm like, yes, ma'am. And people doubt here, it drives women in particular, that drives them crazy. They're like, I am not a ma'am. And I'm like, I just, it's just, yeah. was in, my, it was beaten as a child if I didn't do that. Right. Uh, like my niece called her until we got married. Now she's Aunt Amy. But for a long time, she was Miss Amy. Mm-hmm. Is Miss Amy coming over? Can I see Miss Amy? You know. Wow. Yeah, I guess the ma'am thing is, uh, it suggests an, uh, uh, like you're a woman of a certain age. Is that what people dislike? That's, it? that's their assumption here. But where I'm from, if you don't know someone, someone younger than you, if you don't know their name, it's ma'am. Mm-hmm. It's yes, ma'am. Right. It's just a. It's for for us, it was a politeness, and here it's yeah. You're you're calling someone old, mm-hmm. but in a much worse way. <laughs> right. In that backhanded nice way. Yeah. Yeah. That um, and opening doors. I got in trouble when I first moved out here for opening. I can open my own door. I'm like really. I, I, that was see. Did you have that? Yeah, I've gotten both of those before because my mom's Southern and she, right. she beat the ma'am thing into me. And then I like – I'll never forget like my first job was at a supermarket and I called somebody ma'am and I got reprimanded by the manager. Right. He was like, never fucking do that again. <laughs> and I was like, what? Like, that's that's like, respect 101 in my book. Like, like I wouldn't know what to say otherwise. Yeah. Yes, Mrs. Miss, he, miss? He told me to say yes, miss. Yes, miss. Thanks, miss. Thanks, miss. Which just sound, it was just never sounded right to me. No. no. But, it's like saying you guys. I still say y'all. Yeah. I'm like, hey, y'all, come in. Where, what are y'all doing? I say guys. guys. I say you guys. I tend to say you guys, too. But yeah. That's because you're both sexist. But, yeah, I've gotten, <laughs> I've gotten the open, open door thing for me like before, too, where I'm holding a door open for somebody, and they're like, no, you're fine. I can do that. I got it. I'm like, all right, fuck you then. <laughs> See, <laughs> yeah, I thanks. feel like those, I'm trying to be nice here. Yeah. those door people are ruining it for the rest of us who enjoy – like, I, I like when people open doors. Like, I have no problem with that. I like it when people open doors. Yeah, it's nice. So, so I'm going to keep doing it out of spite at this point. You should. Yeah, me too. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So I've noticed that you um, tweet with a lot of comedy podcast people or I, just Chelsea Pretty and Pete Holmes. <laughs> well, I, Pete Holmes worked on a – he was a writer on the sitcom I did last year called oh. My Teenage Daughter. So that's okay. how I met Pete. I'm, and I didn't know – this is how bad I am. I didn't know he was a stand-up. I assumed he was a stand-up, mm-hmm. but I didn't know he was – a good stand-up or right. doing well stand-up and i did not know about his podcast and i didn't know he was about to have his own show on tbs um but he was just a really but really then once f- you found that out you're like i've got to tweet I've him got, i have to i <laughs> he must tweet at me <laughs> um no i just I, so i that's how i met pete and like i kept missing he, he kept he had like two or three shows while we were shooting and i i was like yeah i'm gonna try to make it and i never could and i always felt bad i'm like i should support him and like so condescending in retrospect he's doing so much better than me in that way but uh yeah. i was like i was like i should i should go and i never i didn't make it i'm dying still dying to see his show i saw his special 
uh, recently, which was I thought, um, nice try, you nice try, the devil. Yeah, really funny. He's yeah. just funny. But he no, I funny. I'm I did like imp- I never did stand up, but I did improv in college, and I love comedy. My first shows were comic, um, or sitcoms, and so I just I that's I on Twitter I'm either following comics or news, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like or or like uh, Cory Booker, you know, Tory the guy, you know, it's like news people people do they're doing something of value in the world or comics or the opposite (laughs) (laughs) right people who are squandering this precious chance to be alive it's so short look what you're doing you're tweeting it away um where'd you go to college i went to brigham young oh that's right that's right brigham young university and they had improv there uh we started our own a friend of mine uh todd parmley little shout out to todd parmley who's in new york right now uh he read a book by keith johnstone called impro i think is what it's called and uh, pretty much learned all the games, and we had auditions and got, like, eight of us and just started doing it. Mm-hmm. And then we found a space and started, you know, having people come pay to watch us do it. And it was a blast. I loved it. And I, every once in a while, I'll go to the uh, gas show at the Groundlings. I've done, excuse me, uh, I.O. West once, mm-hmm. uh, the long-form thing. Um, I just And I love comedy. I mean, when I was a kid, if you'd asked me what I was going to be as a kid, I probably would have said stand-up. I wanted to be Steve Martin. And this is when you were when a little, Mormon. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, Mormon, yeah. But I had I – had, um, well, I can't remember the album. It's the one where he had the arrow through his, his head. I had that whole thing memorized as a kid and would do it for my family. What was that called? Blanking out. It's uh, not Wild and Crazy Guy. I'll, I always get up mixed up with his characters from Saturday Night Live in the movies. Yeah. I always want to call it The Jerk. That's the I don't movie. think it's a jerk. No, but it's the one with the and that one. I, and yeah, Richard, I totally oh, know. So my mom, we were huge Richard Pryor fans from Saturday Night Live, from television. Mm-hmm. Right, had never seen. Not, uh, no, no, Eddie Murphy, um, and huge. Let's get small. Let's. Mm, no, hold on. No, it's the one with the arrow through his head. I think he's holding a rubber chicken on the back. I'll find it. Okay, so um, huge Eddie Murphy fans from Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. So it's. Cleanish, yeah, relatively you know. clean. And my mom and I decide we're going to go see uh, Raw, <laughs> not knowing what was coming. Right. And we went. The only place it was showing was on the other side of town, uh, in a theater that was ninety nine percent African American, and we were very white, <laughs> very very small and white, yeah. both of us. And we. How go old to, were you? Uh, I was must have been. Let's figure out what year that was. I'm guessing ten or I'm twelve, maybe fourteen. This is amazing. And. We're the only white people in the theater, and everything is hysterically funny to me, but I kind of can't fully laugh, well, and she your... can't fully laugh. because well, did she, Was she thinking it was funny, too? Oh. Like, what was her reaction? Uh, I, my memory of it is that she thought it was funny, too, but neither of us wanted to admit how funny we thought it was. Uh-huh. And she was also very embarrassed and also was terrified to get up and leave. Right. Because we're the only white people. So yeah, she felt like if we left, it's gonna be, we're going to be offending someone. Mm-hmm. And so we sat through the whole thing. And, and we, she literally turned to me at the end. She was like, we will never talk about this. You will never tell your grandmother that we saw this. That's you will hilarious. not mention those words you just heard. You will not tell those jokes you just heard. But yeah, that's, I, so yeah comics, I, I gravitate toward comics. Mm-hmm. Did your mom have an appreciation for comedy? Did oh, your yeah. Parents? And my mom did, absolutely. My mom was really funny. She was a great storyteller. Uh uh, people, yeah, she was really just funny. Just had, a, and I, you know, loved me cutting up, and uh, that's that's how I became an actor. Ultimately, was cutting up for her, mm-hmm. you know, acting for her. Ultimately, what was your dad like? Uh, he died when I was really little, so I don't, I don't. He was, you know, twenty two when he died, and I was sixteen months. So, but he was a helicopter pilot, and I, that's pretty much. I heard I, he was very competitive. He was uh, loved sports. He was very athletic, and uh, 
was very friendly, like brought everyone in, always wanted people to, at the house and like would bring random kids home and let them stay. And wow. uh, very uh, uh, nurturing in that way, very um, leader. You know, mm-hmm. people would gravitate toward him. Mm-hmm. And do you have siblings? A brother and a sister. My brother's maybe the funniest person I know. Like I, I want, I, I want to get him on Twitter just because he kills me. Like his and his references, he's so spot on and can pull references from like you know fifties on and mm-hmm. just especially seventies and eighties stuff. Really great. Is he um, older or younger? He's younger, eight years younger than me. All right. What does he do? He uh, works for a. I can't remember. He used to work for Cisco. He works for a different company now, but it sells food to restaurants. Nineteen seventy-seven. Let's That's get brilliant. small. Sorry for this detail. That's right. I like it. But I. Is, I'm I searching a... Steve Martin Arrowhead. Yeah, let's get small. Let's That's it. Let's get small. There you go. Let's do it. Okay. Glad we. Well, we're done here. That's it. That was great. It was great. Let's. Yeah. That'll be your new catchphrase. Thanks Everyone, for let's get small. Be like, keep it crispy with Holmes. <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you want to get your brother on Twitter, but he's and he's the funniest person ever. But he's not a comedian. No, he's not a comedian at all. He's just funny. Mm-hmm. He's just naturally. His point of view is just hilarious. He makes me laugh all the time. Actually, I wished he. I can, I'm trying to get him to move out here. I want him closer. Yeah. Yeah. Is your whole family back there? Down he's, there? He's, is it back down? How, uh, how do you refer to that from here? I say down, but it's really over. Okay. Because we're that makes we're sense. close on the you know latitude. Our, our latitude lines are, are close. Because but yeah, I say down there because mm-hmm. I just think of it as south, so it's down there. Right. Uh, he's there. Um, my uh, sister is in Atlanta, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta, and I have a grandmother and aunt that are still in Shreveport, uncle in Florida. They're all kind of spread out a little bit. Mm-hmm. A lot um, of family in Louisiana. And are they – so do you consider yourself Mormon still no, or – not at all. Okay. No. And are they all still Mormon? No. Oh, really? Uh, my mom's my, – my brother and sister never were very much Mormon because we had, I had two stepdads and their dads weren't Mormon. So mm-hmm. I was kind of – the embodiment of my father in a weird way. So I was living up to the expectation that was placed on me because of him. Uh, and I, via your mom? Via my mom, yeah. And my mom's side of the family. My grandmother was very Mormon, her mom. Um, but no, my mom's side of the family still is. But my dad's my, my dad's side of the family never was. They're Irish Catholic and never were. And uh, my brother and sister never really they, – they, they dropped out early. Mm-hmm. They, got, and, they got out early. And what's your mom's relationship with it at this point? Well, she's deceased too. But okay. she was, she was uh, for all intents and purposes, Mormon when she died, yeah. Mm-hmm. When did she die? God, it's been – it was – I think it was 2000. I think it was 2000. It was right – it was before 9-11. So I think it was, I think it was like 2000. Yeah. It's been a while. I think about – so my mom – uh, lost both of her parents like within a few weeks when she was 30-something. Like with, weeks apart? Yeah, they oh, both wow. died of cancer when she was 31 or 30, between 30 and 32, I'm forgetting. Right. I, I was very young. And I think about what that must have been like to all of a sudden find herself without parents. And But she already you know, was married to my dad, and she had my sister and me. Um, I am now you know, older than she was when that happened. Both my parents are still alive, but... My dad's a lot older than my mom, and you know they both have health issues. And I just, even though it's so natural to lose parents, I just feel like fuck. I do not want to go through that. Yeah. How is that for you? It's uh, you know for me that that was just my experience, so I can't really um, differentiate that between someone else's. Uh, my dad having died at such a young age, I I don't have no memory of him. I have pictures and I have stories, um, but they were all skewed. 
You know what I mean? That, you know, everyone becomes, a, especially at that age, you become, right. a, he literally was a hero. I mean, yeah. he was a helicopter pilot in Vietnam. So, uh, I only had stories. Um, but with my mom, it was, we were, our relationship was strained. I mean, cause I, I was no longer Mormon. That was an issue. Um, we talked only about if and who I was dating in my career. Mm-hmm. And she was unbelievably supportive. When I called her and said, I'm quitting college and I'm moving to LA to be an actor. She said, how can I help? I mean, wow. so she was like to the nth degree supportive of all of all three of us. Um, anything we wanted to try, any sport, any musical instrument, any activity, she made sure it happened. And I, I, to this day, I don't know how she did it. Like, I'm terrified. We're talking about having kids. My wife's a doctor, and I'm doing okay as an actor. And, like, I'm like, how am I going to afford that? <laughs> and this was a single mom, put herself through nursing school and had three of them. You know, and had, had some family help. But it's like, come on, how do you do that? And the energy and all that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It was hard. When she, um, when she died, that was really, really hard. And it took me several years to get over and part of it was because we hadn't completely reconciled where I was in my life and where I how I you know how that affected me and and we had gone through a a phase where um I was trying to cut some of the unhealthy ties between us you know Mm -hmm. which is is very difficult to do and like in a sense you feel like you're killing the parent yeah. And my fear was, if I do this, she will die. Yeah. And then she died. So that I in mean, that, close proximity. Uh, yeah. Within, like, yeah. My feeling was, if I if I cut off this emotional, this unhealthy emotional tie, mm-hmm. and try to make this relationship healthier, that it will kill her. And then she died. And so yeah. I blamed myself for years. Um, and then many many years of therapy later, you know, I realized it was not my responsibility. And you know. Right. But uh, at this point, because it's been so long, I'm like. Only affects me when things like when I got married, like she would have loved that, yeah. you know. She and she would have loved Amy. Um, and then, like, I think about having kids, and like when I'm spending time, like right after our wedding, my brother and his wife and kids, and my sister and her husband and kids, we all went to Disneyland together. So it was like the three kids mm-hmm. and, the, and the, the kids that were here so far. And I thought, oh, she would have loved this, she would have loved seeing us together still and still spending time together, and like. Um, and I think about having my own kids and wish that they could meet her and have yeah. that experience. So that that's the stuff. But then I have other friends who, whose parents are starting to suffer or who are dying, and I'm think, thank God, I don't have to go through that. Yeah. You know, I don't have to. I don't have to. De- I've already done it. Like I don't have to deal with. Do it's we do we have a... mom live with us? Do we right. put her in a nursing home? Like, what is the next step? She's has dementia now. Like, what do we do? Or is cancer? I have a friend who's, uh, who's like kind of a stepdad to me. Who's dying of cancer in in a. Texas right now and it's like I went down there to visit and I'm like it was hard because I hadn't thought about having to deal with that kind of stuff for so long yeah it's tough um trying you you talked about trying to cut the unhealthy emotional ties in what way were you well my mom cut them my mom was uh when my dad died she was 21 years old wow I was her I had a stillborn older sister, so I was her second child but firstborn son for an only child. I'm 16 months old. She has to move back in with her parents. And she's 21. She's a child. Mm-hmm. And that was the love of her life, quote unquote, you know what I mean? And in retrospect, I mean I'm twice as old as my father was when he died. And I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. And so I'm yeah. still trying to figure it out. So I can't even imagine having that kind of loss at that early of an age. And it stunt it's it's uh, stunted her growth emotionally. And, um, I became everything. Like I was, I, she lived for me in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and I, there were expectations of, placed upon me that were unhealthy. And, um, 
so you know, as as I'm growing up, and of course I blamed her more than I should have at that, you know, especially at a younger age. And um, but as I was trying to redefine that relationship, as you become an adult, and now they're your peers, right? Yeah. You have to figure out a way to get rid of the. You know, it's like the wires are crossed. Yeah. You have to untie them to retie them. Mm-hmm. And so I was, we were going through the process of saying, okay, that's not acceptable anymore. I will not do that. I will not trying to do that. And for a while, it was harsh. You know, for a while, I was really harsh about it. I read the Fountainhead and thought, oh, there's only black and white, and I can only do this way, and mm-hmm. which was Ayn not, Rand was oh such my an asshole. God, she's a she's a she's a cunt, right? She Very is a nasty. So. Nasty yeah. cunt. Yeah. And why in high school do they make you write essays about that cunt? Well, they don't in Louisiana. I think okay. it's banned in Louisiana. <laughs> I, so I started late. I didn't read that till I got here. I uh-huh. was in my 20s before I read that book. So it was much too late to be trying to pull that shit. Uh, trying to be like all black and white. And, I believe you know. architects are assholes. Well, I see. I, that's what I loved about. I love architects. Oh boy! I love the, oh, I'm, boy. I'm a math. I'm a math guy. Go. So why, why don't you? Why don't you like architects? What's wrong with architects? Because they have I... all the answers. Well, that's they're they are they're very sure of themselves, and they're quite certain. Um, I just have found in general now nice architects approach me all the time and say, "Look, I'm one of the nice ones, but I work with a bunch of assholes." You're right, because see, a while ago on the Adam Carolla show, I said something about like you know the architect personality, and everyone looked at me like I was speaking in tongues, and I'm like, "What? Like I'm the only one who I, I thought that was a thing that everyone knows that architects tend to be egomaniacs." And yeah, is this like because you bossy. think a lot of them read The Fountainhead and that's why they wanted to become architects? Is, like, is there no, a correlation there? The or is only it just... correlation is just that the guy in The Fountainhead is an architect. Right. Howard Work. Yeah, and that I think that she, uh, Ayn Rand, celebrates architects as like the epitome of, of man, Well, right? it's man creating. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm fine with creating. I'm just not into being a jerk. So, <laughs> so my my sense is that there is kind of an architect personality. And by the way, don't mention Mike Brady. He's an exception. I feel like there's an architect personality, and they tend to be very exacting megalomaniacs. Um, and I thought that everyone feels this way. Turns out it's just me, uh, although a lot of people tweet me to tell me that, yes, architects are assholes. But if you like architecture, well, I, that's fine. I like architecture. And I made the mistake of saying I like architects, which right. really sent you off. And I apologize for that. <laughs> that's okay. But I actually don't know many architects at all. You know why? Because you probably enjoy spending time with quality human beings. Maybe I've just naturally averted myself of their, of their time. Right? Smart. Without even knowing. Thank right. you. Thank you. Now I know why. Now, Yeah, exactly. How did we get into this? Oh, Ayn, you, you had just read The Fountainhead. Oh, yeah. That was part of that was part. Of, I was doing therapy and I was reading The Fountainhead and I was like all is black and white. And there I cannot – you know, there's a scene in The, in the, in the Fountainhead where I, – I, I get them confused now. It's, it's either uh, Atlas Shrugged at The Fountainhead. But there's a scene where there's one guy who has this miserable mother and a miserable wife and he goes home and they're just tormenting him. And it's all that, you know, family stuff. And he finally like slams the pl- – and I'm completely paraphrasing at this point. But like – he finally says, no, that's it. Mm-hmm. I'm done. And I needed to kind of go that far, cut the ties right. to come back. Right. And what was sad about her passing was that we hadn't you didn't have a chance all to the back. way come back yet. Like I, lo- like I loved her dearly and still love her, but um, there were still issues there that were unresolved. And so right. I was kind of pissed. Yeah. You know, I was like, how dare you? That's you too. Hard. You leave too before I can I'm – not, I'm not – and of course completely I, – I, as I'm saying this, I realize how selfish – in the negative way that I'm being of like, it's not about, it wasn't about me. No, it doesn't. But okay, but you know, it, you know it, what I mean. It's like how, how dare you leave without letting me, you know, finish this this yeah. this path. 
Yeah, that's. So then I had to date some crazy chicks for a while to work that stuff out, and then finally uh, found my wife. It's that is. I had um, someone close to me commit suicide years ago, and it is hard when you have when suddenly, like, you were in a relationship with this person that was complicated. And then suddenly they're gone, but you're still filled with all this oh. shit. And it's so like, I don't, what do I, I this is, is it's like the definition of inappropriate that I've got feelings about someone who is dead. Absolutely not. That's Absolutely not. Oh no. It's, you, know, I, you know, I go back to my dad. Like I went through huge swings and phases of like, there were times when I absolutely worshiped him. You know, he dead hero father. And there are other times when I'm like, fuck that guy. Yeah. How dare you? You're an idiot. You went back to Vietnam and you have a kid. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, why would you ever do that? You know? Um, so, yeah, no, that's totally appropriate. That's what we have to do to extricate ourselves from those situations, ultimately. Yeah. So how long do you, do you feel like it take, took you to work through that stuff? I mean, I think ultimately you're, you're always kind of working through it. I don't think, I don't think there's an end to yeah. that process. I mean, different things affect me different ways, and, and I'm affected differently. Like, different things will bring up memories, and I'm like, oh, I never really thought of it that way. And, like, I think as you grow, you just have to continually work through that shit. So you dated a bunch of crazy women? Oh, God, yes. Of course. Where, did you date crazy – did you tend towards that before? Oh, yeah. I was, well, I was – you know, I look, in, until you solve that problem, you're working it out. That problem being? Whatever whatever the mommy issue is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or, or daddy issue or sibling issue or first boyfriend issue. Whatever that is, mm-hmm. you will be drawn to that repeatedly. Yes. Until you solve the problem. And it wasn't until that became apparent to me. I was like, oh. And I had one girlfriend in particular where I was like – this is the issue. This is the, always the issue. No matter – you can replace the girl oh, – I'm sorry. You can replace the girl. I'm so excited. I almost knocked this fucking <laughs> microphone over. Uh, you can replace the person, but the issue is going to be the same. Right. You're going to be dr- – you're drawn to that. Yes. Repeatedly. And so until you solve this, until you work it out, you might as well be with this one. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it's just going to be the same. And for you, face. the this – this what – did you define it more? For me, it was me taking care of them uh. to make me feel better. Yeah. Which is what I did as a kid. My mom was manically depressed for years. And so I would do the song and dance and do everything in my power. And that was for survival. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally to survive as a child. Because I you. needed her to take care yeah. of me. And like subconsciously, completely until, and this is all in retrospect. Um, so I would then pick women who needed to be saved, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And then I would do everything I could to save them and then resent them for it. Which it wasn't their fault. Right. You know? And they would be drawn to me because I reminded them of something that, you know, whoever they needed saving from would do. Were they crazy women? Like, were they women who needed saving? Uh, I would argue no, and no one really needs saving. Yeah. You know what I mean? But uh, they would, they thought, I thought they did. Right. From my point of view, yes. Right. At the, from my point of view at the time, in retrospect, no. They're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. They're going to be fine. They're going to find someone to do what they need them to do and or they're going to grow out of it. But either yeah. way, they're going to be – and it's like removing yourself – from that equation is very, very difficult. It takes years, years of like conscious effort. Well, it's hard to, the thing about those relationships is that like they're scratching some like really deep down itch. Primal. Yes. Primal. And it feels good. And the notion of like, like, and you're probably aware at the time, this is not entirely healthy, but uh, the notion of a healthy relationship where people just kind of take care of themselves uh, seems, so seems so boring. boring. So boring. What's it's the so point? Well, yeah. And it goes. It goes. It's. It goes against everything we learn from stupid romantic comedies. Yes. And romantic movies. And yes. Like, and like, I hate all of them for this reason. Right. It's like uh, you're supposed to. It's supposed to be big and dramatic, and you're supposed to feel something. Well, 
I would only feel something if they needed this weird thing in me that was unhealthy. Right. Like I did this great thing, a friend of mine, for a year. Every Friday night we went to Chateau de Marmont. We went to the bar, the bar mm-hmm. Marmont. And we would go stand in a corner and then see who we were attracted to and who was attracted to us and see what the pattern was. Oh, that's so smart. Right? And so he was smarter than me and it was his idea. Uh, and so I was constantly – women that were drawn to me and I was drawn to them. It was women who had huge daddy issues who wanted someone to take care of them. And his were, I believe, something like women who had alcoholic fathers. It was a different, it was a different dynamic, but it uh-huh. was, they were close. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was a, it was a, it was a, it was similar, but they were not attracted to either. The other one was. Like, if she was attracted to me, she would never be attracted to him. Right. And vice versa. That's so interesting. And they were all had this, a very similar issue. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I thought of as love at first sight. Yes. Like you, when you see that person, you're like drawn to them. Right. It's, it's always something fucked it's, up. <laughs> it's, it's, chem, it's chemical and it's, it's deep, deep-seated need base. Yeah. Well, and so how did you get out of that? Therapy. And, and like, you know, dealing with it. Like sitting in the relationship and being in the awkwardness and being like, okay, look, this is not my responsibility. Like feeling it and going, okay, I feel like it's my responsibility to do X. Mm-hmm. It's not. I'm not going to do it. And it was literally like – like chaining your, it's like you see that cigarette commercial where the guy's trying to quit and he has like the fight yeah. with himself, mm-hmm. and you know he took the Nicorette or whatever and he's okay now. Right. His wife's like, "Are you okay, honey?" It's like that's what was going on internally for me at times. Yes. Oh, the, I the need I relate. to call or to yes. go over there to fix it. I really like I can to relate stop to that. And like go, no, don't do so it. Don't much. do it. Yeah. It's well, honestly, it's like a, it's like an addiction. I it think absolutely is. like that compulsion to. Okay, this person – for me, it was like, okay, this person's not good for me. I need to just cut off ties with this person. This is, this is never going to be the relationship I want, the et cetera, you know, times infinity. And, <laughs> and then, you know, like cut to me texting the person because what's the harm in one text? Right. What's, what could it – you know, and Maybe then – Maybe they changed. Maybe it will be different. Right. And just over and over. And I mean, yeah. So – but to not – Give in to the urge to do that is so hard. Well, to A, yeah, to A, well, but then to even go further than that and, like, understand what the urge is and, and realize it has nothing to do with them. I know. It has nothing to do with them. And a healthy partner would not make you feel that way. Yes. And to me, that meant I didn't like them. Well, that – yeah, exactly. Well, I don't like that person. I'm not drawn to that person. Right. But the reason I'm not is because it's healthy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Plus, I, I, I remember I would have one realization that seemed healthy, which is – but ultimately what I want is to be married and to be in like a healthy, good relationship where I have children. And if I am feeling this thing, this like I'm lit on fire with thinking about this person and I'm obsessed with them, but it's so exciting. Like how can I possibly have that feeling and also have the stability that would allow me to have a job? And, right. you know, so I did realize at some point that like this – is not conducive to anything that could be long term. Oh, yeah. And yet I didn't I I had this thing of like there's people I'm attracted to and there's people that I feel comfortable with and it's never the same person. And how how old were you when you figured this out? That was um probably late twenties. Yeah. Mid to late twenties. But, but, I mean, I still struggled with it probably, like, into for a while Because well, that, that. that attraction is strong. That draw is something. It's, it's primal. You know, that's, that's how yeah. we propagated the species for years. Right. For centuries. You right. You know what I mean? It's that kind of animalistic. It's, it's, and it's, without thinking of it, it's like it'll, it'll just take you somewhere. Yeah. Well, I remember, actually, it's funny now that I'm working here with Adam Carolla because I grew up listening to Loveline. 
And he and Dr. Drew would say, if you find yourself making poor decisions in dating, like if you're always dating the wrong kind of person, if you meet someone and they light you up like a Christmas tree, turn the other way because that is the wrong thing. You know, that's the, that's the unhealthy thing. Right. And so I, I knew that. But it's still really – like that feeling is – it's a good – Fun, exciting feeling. It's hard for to deny. For 24 hours. Yeah. For 48 hours. Right. <laughs> Three months later, six months later, five years later. It's, oh, it was even faster it's horrible. Than that. Yeah. Well, okay. So your wife then, I'm assuming this is a healthy relationship. God, I hope so. <laughs> Had, when, you, when you met her. I really hope so. Because <laughs> I'm not getting married again. This is it. This is, I'm one and done. Yeah. This what? one doesn't work out. I'm, I'm just going to be single. When you met her, had you... Did you think of yourself as like free of this, uh, the the sort of demons? Uh, yeah, for the I mean, not not free. I mean, I don't think we're ever fully free. I still have those; those things are still in me on yeah. some level. They're just they're they're muted. They're, right. They're the that they have less sway or less power over me at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was interesting with with her was that uh, I didn't have that like Christmas tree lights. You know, like when she walked in, I was like, "What? What do you want? Yeah. Who are you? Go away!" And uh. That whole night, like, we just talked. Like, I was never like, oh, my God, I have to date her. I have to be with her. And it was a slow burn. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was just like she was cool. She was funny. We laughed a lot. We had a really good time. Um, the next day she called me and said, hey, you want to go see a movie? I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay, let's go. Cool. I'm in town. Let's go see a movie. You're cool. And it was just kind of like this, you know. And as things would come up between us, like, I was aware of them. And I was like, oh. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. We had a couple of those moments early on where I was like, "No, that's no, we're not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to do that, or you can't do that if we're going to be together." And I'm, I'm saying this as if I was like training her. But that's not right. it at all. It was just I became aware of patterns, and I was like, "Oh, like no, here's that's... a chance where you could do something where you'd be taking right. care of her too much." Right, and I would just say, "No, I can't do that. I can't help you with that. I can talk about it with you, and I can we can talk through it and all that stuff, but I can't be that." Did she want you to be that? I, no, it was just that was her instinct, and like uh-huh. I remember, what I loved about her was what I, what I didn't have before her was the ability to say, "This is what I need. This is who I am mm-hmm. completely. Here's me, no mask. This is me. Like right. it or not. Because if you don't like it, get out now. This is who I am. I'm dark. I, you know, my 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 humor is dark, <laughs> and I'm and still... for people listening, if they haven't seen a photo, you're like the most blonde cherubic person ever so it's funny to hear you say you're dark but we oh, know you like clowns i do like clowns i like <laughs> i like dirty clowns with knives um no I, I just my whole thing was i wasn't able to be me fully i wasn't able to yeah. say accept and and accept me either way and this again goes back to childhood where if i did that i felt like i was going to be abandoned and die whatever. right um so i was really able to be with her like no nope, this is who i am this is what i want and what i loved about her was every time one of those impasses would come and i would say nope I, this is, this is not good. I don't like this. She'd go, oh yeah, you're right. Okay. And then it was it. And I was like, holy shit, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It works. Right. It, this, this, this is amazing. We can, we can come to this weird place where our issues are colliding and we can have a conversation about it and then we can move on and that's gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's so nice when communication actually works. Right. Because I, yeah, I had spent years where I was pretty much given up on it because it's like when I try to say how I feel about something and somehow everything just ends up being worse. So fuck that. Right. No, for, yeah, my whole life was that way for the longest time. It was like hide what you feel. Yes. Don't ever let them see what you really feel because they will destroy you. And, and I finally had the confidence and the wherewithal to go, no, that's, this is how, this is what I think. And I can be wrong. 
I'll, and if I am, I'll admit it. If you yeah. can prove it, it's going to be hard. But if you can prove that I'm wrong, <laughs> <laughs> because I am architecture guy right, like that. Math I, guy. I'm math guy, so I can <laughs> I can logic you around the table. But um, the, the ability to have a conversation with someone who now you're in a relationship and you care about, and they can a hear me. And B respond in a positive way. I was like, "Oh my God, that's amazing!" And that, that's that. I mean, that's what made me fall in love with her. Yeah. It doesn't hurt that you know she saves babies. <laughs> um, so your dad was a pilot, helicopter pilot, and you play someone who's, who's a, also right? a helicopter pilot. Fl- planes. 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 Oh, that's a right. A prop plane. So there are propellers. There's. I see the proximity. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe Ted flies a helicopter too. That's kind I mean, of maybe uncanny, that's next season, right? right? It is. I actually, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool. I hadn't thought of it that way. Uh, what's even when I was in college, I did a play. Uh, my, I think my sophomore year of college, I played a POW in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. It was a, he was a he the guy was playing uh, it was based on a real guy, Gerald Coffey, and uh, he was a, a naval pilot, so he flew planes. But uh, so I'm 22 years old. And I'm playing a POW in Vietnam, and it, like that, like it was the most cathartic, I bet, like yeah. come to Jesus moment ever. And uh, that was actually part of the reason I left the Mormon Church is I was being I was being very good about following all the rules, and I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, and I just wasn't it wasn't feeling it. I wasn't kind of ha- I wasn't happy. Um, and we did this play in in a, in Washington D.C. It won the National Playwriting Award. I didn't write it; someone else wrote it. But it won the National Playwriting Award. We got to perform in the Kennedy Center. And at the same time, my friend Todd and I, who it's mentioned earlier, he was my scene partner in an acting competition, and I won that. And so I'm in, in the – we go to the wall for the first time. I see my dad's name. I'm with this group of guys. We've been doing this play together about POWs, and I was miserable. Mm. Like I, that, those, those have been my goals for like two years. It's like I wanted to win this National Collegiate Acting Award, and I wanted to do – I wanted to lead in that play, which I got. And then I wanted to perform it, and we performed it for almost a year off and on. And – we finished, and we it was like this this most cathartic, amazing experience. And afterwards, I was like, okay, now I'll be happy. And I wasn't happy. I'm like, what's wrong with this picture? Why am I not happy? Yeah. The whole premise of what I was taught about Mormonism was if you do it, you're happy. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing it, and I'm not happy. So I'm not going back until it's for me. Is that a Mormonism tenet? Uh, that's I think that's a Christian tenet. I think – I mean I they, they, they harp on it a little bit too. But I think pretty much any religion – I, outside of Judaism, and because uh, uh, they don't, they're not, they're not telling you you're going to be happy, um, and like Taoism and stuff, they're not. It's not about happiness; it's about right. suffering. But uh, most of the Christian stuff, it's like you'll be successful, and especially modern Christian stuff. It's like if you do this, it, it, you'll be happy. Right. And I was like, no, not happy, not happy at all. Keep doing it, not happy. Yeah. And so I'm not. And I, my thought was, I'm not going to go back until it's for me, and never went back. Are you happy now? Yeah, I really am. I, I I love my life. I really do. I love my job. I love my wife. Um, I'm excited for her. I'm excited to maybe start a family. Mm-hmm. I have dogs I never thought I'd have. I love them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. And that doesn't that doesn't mean that things aren't hard and I don't have hard tough days, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I'm happy. Why do do you have an idea about why you weren't happy then? Because uh, I wasn't being me. I wasn't doing anything. Uh, the one thing I took from Rand. A cunt. Uh, <laughs> the one thing I took from her is the the, the definition of selfishness. I because 
it, it raised Christian, raised any type of like modern day Christian selfishness is bad. Right. Like it's just evil and bad, and you're supposed to give up yourself and leave your, your you know. Right. Yeah, be codependent. To, yeah, be completely codependent. And the one thing I took from her stuff was the idea of selfishness being a positive thing, and like, but it's true selfishness. It's like selfishness for a positive. Mm-hmm. So it's which genuinely in your best interest, not yeah. just because you're an asshole. Right. Right. So genuinely doing what's really good for you, which by the way is usually good for other people too. They may not like it, but it's good for them. Yeah. And so I, I was being – I wasn't – I didn't know who I was and I wasn't being myself. And I think you can never be happy if you don't – If you don't, I mean the whole goal is to know yourself. Right. Right? Right. That's the whole point. Yeah. I think – I was thinking about it. I think that the reason the whole sacrificing for other people thing doesn't work is not – I mean there's exceptions of course, but – it's it's not even anything more complicated than just because fundamentally, if you martyr yourself, you begin to resent everyone. Like mm-hmm. I've yet to see someone who can act, who can do it well, who right. can sacrifice well. Because ultimately, people want to do what they want to do. Right now, I, now I make sacrifices, but it's in my own best interest. Yeah, like I do things that seemingly are not for me; they're for someone else. But it makes me feel better. And that's why I do it. It makes me feel better. Yeah. I love this person. I want to forego this so they can have this. Therefore, I do it. And I, it doesn't cost me anything. And so it's right. not really sacrifice. I right. mean, um, think about having kids. It's in your best interest to take care of them. Mm-hmm. That's what you, sh- a, what you should be doing, right? But, um, yeah, I, that whole notion of – it never made sense to me to completely, completely Deny yourself. denying yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't get it. Let's talk about Mad Men. Okay. Tell please. me everything. Gary okay, and I so, are big fans. You're not recording this. I can talk about it. I can tell you all the secrets. Yeah, right. please. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So uh, Ted flies a helicopter okay. in episode 13, saves some babies out of a burning building. So not, no, this none is of this true. is true. <laughs> um, Many cats are saved. I'm going to talk about some stuff. This may make you uncomfortable, and okay. I will assess that by if you begin to twitch or something. <laughs> um, we, ta- <laughs> we talked – I know that I know that you I know you can't say anything, but we talked about like my my world was blown for a very short amount of time. My mind was over this whole Sharon Tate rumor thing, right? But then suckers, yeah. But well, but from the beginning, I was like, I just think that's too on the nose. I just don't think that's going to be the case. Like I feel like all this foreshadowing of death is going to be a symbolic death, or I don't know. It's just not. It's not going to be Megan. I should be looking at you to see if you're twitching while I'm talking about this. But then I, re- <laughs> but then I read that that Matt Weiner said that uh, there, there's nothing to those rumors. No, nothing to the Sharon Tate thing. He actually, I, did you read the same article I did? Then he was talking about how uh, the, he like, wanted a t-shirt. Disneyland T-shirt. Yeah. And Janie Bryant, who is genius by the way, said they didn't have them yet. How about this? And showed a picture of Sharon Tate. Mm-hmm. By the way, and any man looks at that picture of Sharon Tate, he's like, yes, please, that shirt, because <laughs> she's it's wet, it's white, right. and she's wet, and it's cold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was the only reason she had that shirt on. Was that? Were you aware of all the people talking about that rumor while it was happening? Uh, I had heard, yeah, because I because in interviews people kept asking me, oh. like, what's the deal with Sharon Tate and is Bob Benson an alien? Yeah, what uh, is that was that? one of the other CIA guy alien. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I had read that too. Which I think for sure I can say he's not an alien. I can say that. Okay, thanks. It clears up a lot. Yeah, what kind of things do they make you sign about not revealing stuff? Like, what kind of fear are, fears are you under? Um, my biggest fear is losing my job. I well, mean, that's that's, a big one, that's, yeah. that's the fear. The fear <laughs> is uh, you te- you say the wrong thing, or you reveal you tell a secret, and they'll fire you. And he makes no qualms about that. Uh, is it explicit? Oh yeah, he says you're done. 
like at, before every table read, um, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. I think this has been spoken up before. Don't want to get you fired, uh, right? But I this do want to hear this, everything. Right? I want to hear everything. No, <laughs> maybe he, I do a little and, bit. After every table, at every table read, Matt stands up and introduces himself, and we all introduce everyone around the room. But he says, you know, welcome to the family. You're not part of the group. You're not part of this family. And uh, if you say anything, you're done. That, he says I mean, just like that. For, in, for all intents and purposes, he says, you know, this the commercial viability of the show is that no one knows what's going to happen. Uh, we take that very seriously. Do not tell your partner. Do not tell your agents and managers. Don't tell what year it is. Don't tell who scenes you're with. Don't say what you're wearing, where you shot. Do not put it on Facebook or tweet it or put it on your IMDb page. We will help you when the time comes to promote yourself for the show. But don't say anything. And he goes, you can be replaced. That's so interesting. Don't tell your agents or managers. Well, is that one hard? Agents and managers know what you're working on because they got you the deal, right? right. They, they have to know that, but they don't know who you're working with, what the storyline is. Mm-hmm. And honestly, most, most fans of the show don't really want to know, and I think that's exciting. I mean, when was the last time a show had that much um, secrecy behind it where people were excited and had came up with rumors about right. Sharon Tate and right. about Bob Benson? It's like that wouldn't happen if the scripts were online. Right, yeah, and you had to check off list. Oh, Cumberbatch is is uh, you know in Wrath of Khan, he's Khan, so mm-hmm. oh, I just got to wait for him to say I'm Khan, and you know it's kind of ruins the surprise, and it's kind of exciting to walk into something not knowing anything. Like I want to see every movie like that. Um, how would you describe Ted to someone who doesn't know what it, what he's about? I would say Ted is awesome sauce. <laughs> That's how I would describe Ted. So he's cool. Um, do you say awesome sauce? Is I that do. a word? It's a word. That's a word I use. I mean, no, I know it's a word. I'm, oh, that's a word I, I use. Okay. Do you not use it? Are you are you offended not, by it? No, I'm not offended. There, do you I not just... like applesauce and like there's a correlation there? You don't like awesome sauce. I can tell. You're giving oh, – you're so disappointed in me right now. No, I'm not disappointed. I'm I feel disappointed. like I lost her. Disappointing. I lost her. Disappointed I had me. her. I'm disappointed in me. A little bit. Yeah. In me, I'm disappointed because that I like you. You liked me and I used the word awesome sauce. Yes. No, no, no. No, not past tense. I like you. Right. You use the word awesome sauce. That- what do I do now? <laughs> because I generally don't like people that use awesome sauce. Cool phrases? Do, no, oh, I'm do you fine know, with that. <laughs> do you know people – there someone, there's someone clearly in your past who uses the word awesome sauce who you have a bad experience with? Actually, No. There's it's Multiple people. Just Rain Wilson, but I have no relationship with him. I don't even mind him. Does I just, he use awesome sauce? Yeah. Is that that's not his thing, is it? I don't know. No, I don't think so. Wait, does he have a shirt with that on it? Do you use amaze balls as well? Oh boy! Oh, here oh, we go. Oh. That's, I think we're breaking up. Do you put? I think we're breaking Z, up right now. Awesome. You're seeing it. Z or S? Amaze balls with a Z or with an S? Oh, I think I'd spell it with an S. Multiple S's, two S's. No, does like it the really balls. make a difference. Absolutely not. No, I I don't I don't look. I oh use, oh. You mean in amaze ball, whether it's a Z or S, or yeah. whether he uses amaze balls and awesome sauce? No, just it, whether you spell it with a Z or an S. Whether you spell it with a Z or an S, it's still the you're same. You're doing it or you're not. I, guess you're, guess I, I would say I would say that I use both those terms ironically. Oh, that's like, fine. I don't I don't walk around every day going amaze balls, every <gasps> y'all totes magoats. I don't you know I don't. That's no no. I, we are so back okay, on. Okay, well, I'm back in. I saw, that was so close. It was so close. I, I didn't was, want security didn't, was standing by the door. You know I what? Saw this, a, I saw a taser. This was like if you let's say like I'm sure Matt Weiner loves you. Let's say you accidentally revealed something. He would have to get rid of you, but he wouldn't want to. That's how I felt. Oh, because well, I see, really I have affection for you in this short time. <laughs> Love you. I love Ted. <laughs> right. But I was like, oh god, oh, that's, what this to is do? this is gonna be hard. I feel like Matt Weiner would use it and then get rid of me. Yeah. 
right? He would use it to his advantage. Right. A lot of that stuff. Really, he's he, evil. Oh like no, that? no. He, I I think he's genius. Evil yeah. genius, maybe. Um, no, he uses people's interactions. Things happen at parties and on set and. People, he weaves it in. Personal, oh, and he weaves all that oh, in. Oh, that's great. Especially the office stuff. Yeah. You watch, you know, he, yeah, there's spies everywhere. That's neat. He, someone's here. He has someone here listening. Looking around. Would he be happy or not happy to know that I was surprised last night to discover that his son is turning into quite the handsome young man? Right? How yeah. cool. He's a good little actor, too. Yeah. Little. Yeah. He's as big as I am now. He's a big kid. It, it, puberty really kicked in yeah. for him. He's good. I know. He's good on that show. You were des- yes, he is. You were describing Ted oh, as Ted. Uh, awesome sauce. Uh, yeah, which I now take back. Um, <laughs> uh, I said that ironically. Of course. Uh, I, how would I describe Ted? I would say that uh, Ted is would be a great boss to have. That's how I describe Ted. I think he's. Um, I think he has. He has a code. I think he wants to be the best. I think he works really hard at it. When that's the lamest description. No, no, that's right. good. When you're trying to figure out, you know, how you're going to play certain scenes, are there, to the extent that you can can talk about this, like, are there certain things you keep in mind as rules about how Ted would be behave? Uh, huh. um, I do have an answer for that, but I can't tell you till I'm done shooting. Oh. I want to keep that a secret. Okay. But when, when I'm done shooting the show sometime next year, when I'm done shooting, okay. I will tell you what it is. Okay. I'll tell you what my secret is. I have one one thing secret done. That's Ted. Now, but, um, why I'm not pushing you to reveal it. I'm just wondering why why do you need to wait? Does it reveal? Because oh, I feel I, no, plot, I, no I just feel like then you'd watch the show thinking, oh, is that what he's is that what he's doing? Oh. Is that what he's doing? It would ruin. Okay. It, it would take you out of the show. I see. It would take me out of the show if I knew that right. about an actor. If I knew their secret, if I knew the thing they were thinking or yeah. doing, I would only see that instead of what's supposed to what you they want you to see on the right. show. But when we're done shooting and it's all said and done, I'll tell you. Okay. I will but hold you to that. I will. I'll totally tell you. All I'll right. tell you all of it. Okay. I'll tell you all the secrets I wasn't supposed to tell you. Perfect. Once it's done. Great. I can't get fired. Exactly. We'll definitely do that. Okay. I think we have time quickly to do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Woodlove says, after taking out the garbage, I will try to throw something away before realizing I haven't replaced the liner every time. Yes, I totally do that. No, that's just him. Really? Yeah. And me. And you. That's just the two of you. Oh, another garbage one. Snuggle Pig Dog says, is it just me? When I see a full garbage or grocery bag on the freeway, I think it's full of puppies and kittens. Kittens. I said said kittens the way I used to pronounce double T's when I was a kid, which is... Kitten? No, I didn't. No, I had a friend though who, who, who would. I had a friend. I'm gonna just use her full name. Her name Do was it. Darcy Dutton, but she. Oh, would I know say, Darcy. Darcy Dutton. No, I don't know. Her. But she, it was like Darcy Dutton. No, I would say I would make it two D's. Like my my parents have they tell this funny story of my sister my younger sister said like look gloves and I said no they're middens <laughs> <laughs> that's how I pronounce double T's as, so I said kittens anyway um, no I don't think that that's awful uh, see this I'm gonna I'm just gonna give you a glimpse of my darkness okay like the, when I first read that I thought I think they're kittens and I want to go for it I want to hit it oh that this is, is a dark. joke it's just it's a joke though I don't, I'm like I'm oh not, that's not dark then no right? I mean, it's a dark it's a I don't it's a really think there's kittens my 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 comedy mind goes yes they're kittens right. and we should run over them that's, that, okay. that's the joke right that's yes, fine that doesn't make me evil not really <laughs> <laughs> losing her again 
No, no. <laughs> um, Dimitri Raveno says, when I'm in a plane, I get freaked out if I look out the window and see another plane, even if it's miles away. Does that happen often? Not often. He must fly a lot. Yeah. Seeing another plane would freak me out, though. One time I looked out the window and thought there was a plane, like, right next to us, and I was freaking out. This is when I was a kid. It uh-huh. was the wing. <laughs> I was like, Dad, how close do planes get to each other? I think what would freak you out is if you go – I don't know if you can see this online, but just see how many planes are in the sky at any given time going across the United States. That, that would, would freak me out. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Pesci, but not the Joe not Pesci, says – Pesci. Yeah. Annoyed when someone traveling annoyed when someone traveling south says I am headed up to blank. Example: weekend trip up to Tijuana. Going north is up. This just came up recently no, on bugs another the podcast. Shit out of me. Does, it? Does it really? Yeah. I mean, if well, like, listen, if you're making like a small mistake, like I'm going up, you know, to Studio City from I don't know Toluca Lake or something. Fine, <laughs> like that's fine. But if you say I'm going down to Seattle, like kill yourself. No, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I even say if I was here, I would say I'm going over to Studio City. Yeah, exactly. Because so in my I. mind, I see the map. I'm like, I'm going yeah, over there. I try to be. I try to cut people a little slack on the minor ones. But if right. you say I'm going, you know, I'm going up to Mexico, then you really need. to Oh, that, yeah. That's you're just an idiot at yeah. that point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fuck off and die. Yeah, there you go. Actually, I said that it hap- It came up in another podcast. It came up in this podcast because I was asking you, do you say down to Louisiana, over yeah. to Louisiana, etc. How timely. Dan the Dodge says. This is going to be hard to do uh, orally, but I hate the fact that inches are that double mark. Dark humor happening over here. <laughs> it's fine. I said it's it. Always, I said it's it. Always, it's it's going to be hard, hard to do, to do orally. It's always hard to do orally. <laughs> I hate the fact that inches are that little quote mark with the two things, and feet are that little single quote mark. It should be the other way around. Totally agree. Yeah, it's Totally true. agree. It's true. One for inches, two for feet. Right. And by the way, why aren't we on the metric system? Yeah. Like the rest of the world. A lot of people. That's so much question. easier. Yeah. So much easier. They Do you remember? so much time pounding it into my head when I was in Right? School. When we were kids, uh, you guys seem similar age as me. There, there was a time when we were moving to it. Like it was going to happen. We were going to switch over. At least I was yeah. told this. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Right? All my teachers told me. Like, this you got to learn the metric You have to learn the metric because then we thought. 30 years is, from now, you'll be out of the loop. And it was so much easier. Everything's intense. Multiples right. of 10. Oh, great. Fucking beat. So wait, you said you're a math person. What yeah. kind of math person are you? Uh, well, I'm not anymore. I, I like, I think mathematically, I think logically. Um, mm-hmm. but like I was a year ahead. I was like AP calculus my junior year, but that's the kind of stuff that once you stop doing it, it's gone. Right. Like if you handed me a calculus equation, I couldn't even tell you what it was going on. I mean, I feel like I could get back to that point, but yeah. it's why, why do that? Right. Are you, have you me. done the Myers-Briggs personality sort of like, are you I N F J? I've never done that. Oh, never it's like that. there's, I think at one point I was ENFP. Uh, but I don't know what I am anymore. I think it might have changed. But it's like there's four, four different uh, quadrants. Yes, and it's E and I is extrovert or introvert, and then N is like thinking or feeling, judging, perceiving, and I forget the other one. Oh, I can tell. Good you person I'm, or bad person? I'm I'm bad person extrovert. Oh, you're but a, I have you're days, a like, I don't know. I have, but I have days where I'm completely extroverted. And other days where I'm like I don't want to talk to anyone. Yeah, I think that I. Despite the fact that I had tested as an extrovert, I think I'm actually an introvert. But you think you go back and forth. Oh, I go back You're and forth. You're an ambivert. I'm an ambivert. I, I don't like think that. that. I don't know if that's I, real I, or It not. is now. That's a word. But do you get energy from being around other people or from – do you like recharge when you're on your own or both? Ooh. Because I, I find it 
like I I can be very extroverted, but ultimately I find it draining to be yeah. in that mode. Yeah, it depends on if I if I know them or not. Yeah, if they're close friends, I'm I'm revived by it. Right. If it's if it's me, quote unquote, performing. If I you know I'm you know doing interviews or whatever, like right now, it's really I know. draining. I no, I'm just feel kidding. It. It's, no, it's <laughs> it's. But if it's if it's people I don't know and it's you know I, I'm there because yeah. I'm from the show or whatever, that can be draining. But if it's friends, like I'm, I'm raised by that. Right. All right. Not in a sexual way. <laughs> Ramo two sixteen says, before I turn on the garbage, this is the third garbage one. Before I turn on the garbage disposal, I turn my head away because I'm afraid something will come flying out and hit my face. Smart, but no, I don't do that. No, I never even thought of that. By the way, just recently, Gary, I was talking about um, vermin mice specifically. I don't like them. I'm mm-hmm. one of those weird people who doesn't like mice. Guess yes. what was on my bathroom counter today? Not a mouse, a cockroach. Big one? Yes. The first time I've ever had that in my apartment. I have to move. Do they have cockroaches in California? Apparently they, they, apparently they do. I didn't think – I don't know. But I'm like, what's next? Are they going to well, all come? You realize if you see one, there's like 20,000 underneath uh, your house. That's my fear. Uh, my fear so is that I'm going to turn. You have no idea how badly that's screwing with her. Yeah, I know. That's the fear is that I'm going to turn on uh, like 20,000. You realize drop. while you're sleeping, they're crawling on you. <sighs> In my orifices and everything, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's where where they're headed for. Wear your pants to bed. Where are they coming from? Where are they coming out of? Where aren't they coming out of, Allison? (laughs) No, really. Um, The first thing you do is you clean. Get all the food, any type of food remnants. This is the bathroom. Do they that's, eat hair? Yeah, but still, you just you clean the whole you house. Just clean, that's you just clean. You bleach, like, clean. Because that's Get the natural stuff to your area. Yeah. Okay. And then you you bomb them. Yeah. Did you call? Did you call an exterminator? Not yet. Oh, I'm gonna call the landlord. How did you, you not call an exterminator right away? What'd you say? You gonna do a seance? <laughs> I'm gonna do a seance. <laughs> seance to get rid of the bugs. <laughs> I'm gonna send them an evite to someone else's house. It was just one. Yeah, that that means but, there's more. There's uh, never just one cockroach. Really? Yeah. My fear I, I is that it. So many bad jokes right now ring through my head. I know. Oh, yeah. My fear is that it came out of the bathroom sink. What's going on here? They can come up through the sink. You know that hole in the sink, the overfill hole? My fear is that that's where it came out of. That's possible. Ugh. Yeah, you should, you should uh, yeah. Well, first, you can just do a bomb in your, in your bathroom. Like, but they, they're, that means they're in, they're, they're coming probably from one of your neighbors dirty. Are your neighbors dirty? Yes. Like dirty people. I feel like there's construction near us, and I think that drives them out. No, I don't think. I don't think any of us yeah. are dirty people. And, and and as a rule or just in your apartment building? Well, it's just the landlord's below us and then – So you can't say if he was, you couldn't say. I don't think they are though. They cook a lot. Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah there you go. Like Indian food? Ethnic? Dot, not feather. Ethnic food. Ethnic, ethnic food, food, that's what it is. Dot, they not love – cockroaches <laughs> love that ethnic food. Oh, yeah. damn it. No. But we have a puppy. What if my what if it's drawn to the puppy food or something? I don't think so though. It do you, it them. Do you keep the puppy, the puppy food, food under the like, sink in the bathroom. Yeah, well, don't you keep it in like a, a sealed container or something? Yes, but I mean, there's a bowl of it that because he has kibble, he doesn't always finish the kibble, and now it's not. That's no, not that's in the not bathroom. It. No, that's not it. That's not it. It was walking dangerously close to my retainer case. Oh, when you saw it. <laughs> Probably walked oh, on your retainer. It's case walked all over that retainer. Your toothbrush, okay. your I hairbrush. Used, I haven't worn retainers in a really long time, but one of these days I might decide to. And what if there's like a bit of antenna in there? So you're holding on to that retainer just Bonus. in case. I wear them sometimes, occasionally. 
You know, when you don't want to neglect. Like, is it like, a, <laughs> I was about to say, could it, it could be she needs to calm down or she wants to go nuts? <laughs> like, I'm not sure which way it goes. <laughs> Going crazy. Wanna... Oh, my God, honey. Why you? She has the retainer in. We're in. <laughs> This is when I want to feel sexy. Yes, yes. Retainer night. (laughs) Call the babysitter. (laughs) Um, I'm not an art tard, 25 says. Watch my distorted reflection as I walk to the car because I look like an Oompa Loompa. Oh, interesting. I don't enjoy looking at distorted mirrors. It just makes me feel all weird and uncomfortable. And my question is, is he tanning too much? (laughs) <laughs> he looks right. like an Oompa Loompa. That's a good question, if that's what I he think meant. That's, I think the real issue is here is, this, how, is this, this person standing too much. Right, yeah. Because they don't make you look orange. It makes you look squat. Right. But, yeah. Okay. Mitch Serp, when picking someone up who has a habit of running late, I'll text them that I'm outside several minutes before I arrive. Always. Every really? single time. Always. Yeah. When I have you know someone who's notoriously bad like that, yeah. it's like seven to ten minutes before. Yeah. And, and then, like, three minutes later, like, when you're three minutes away, it's I'm waiting. If I, yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. the person who's not saying, "Oh yeah, this is ev- this is everyone," that means you're the one who's late, right? Cause Probably. Cause I'm, yeah. No, I'm not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying, "Oh yeah." Well, I do are that you too. the one picking up people? Often. Oh no, actually, See, not that, so much. That, that could be the other reason you're not doing that. Yeah. But how many times have you been burned, Kevin? By someone, I'm saying I'm coming, and they yeah. don't. Oh, all yeah, all the time. It, it, I only do it to select people. I don't get burned that often. I'll tell them I'm I'm outside and I'm waiting, and then I'll get there, and they won't. Well, I'm, no, yeah, I meant, no, I meant the, these are the people that I these are the people I text that to the people that have burned me before. So oh like, right, right. I'm happening. just saying, but yeah. like since have you, you ever started been doing that, by like you, the person who's like, I've been waiting for five minutes. Yeah, you get there and they're standing outside tapping their toe. It's happened to me like twice yeah. out of like fifty tries. That's that's the exception to the rule, yeah. and, and it's, it's worth it. it. It's worth it. Totally worth it's it. It's like, oh, sorry, you waited ninety seconds for me. I'm sorry, I drove across town to pick you up. Especially if they live in some place where it's hard to find parking. Yeah, you know, it's like I'm 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 going to be there. You get you got to be outside. Yep. And you also have to send it a minute or two before because it takes – sometimes it takes longer for the text to go through. Yeah. Right? I hate that. AT&T. Are you guys always on time? Are you punctual people? I try to be. It's important to me now. Yeah. I'm, it drives me crazy when I can't be. I'm vigilant about it, yeah. I do, I do everything within my power. I mean in L.A. sometimes you can't help it. Right. But I'll no leave how early so do I. to yeah. get to you – know, I'll give myself more time. Yeah. Does it bother you when other people are late? I feel like that's a loaded question. Is no, she, I'm not. Is she always late? No. No? That's a good question. Okay. Is she late? I'll take away always. I will say so. I, I can address this. Okay. Go, go for it. I texted Gary to say, almost there uh-huh. today. And you know how when you start typing a text, it doesn't show the whole conversation, but then once it goes through, it shows like the previous thread? Yeah, that happened. And the text right above it said, almost there, <laughs> from the last time we recorded. But here's the thing. I used to always be late, and then I lived in New York, and something about not driving um, just made me become very punctual. Mm-hmm. And I had – like I remember my mom being like, wow, you're really on time these days. I'm like, I know, because I used to always be late. Uh, but then just lately, I've started my, – my, I've started getting late again, not to the degree that I used to be like 20 minutes late. And it's not like that. Now it's just a few minutes, but I don't know what's happening. I'm losing control. You know what – okay. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just going to talk. You, you figured not... it out. You figured it out. We want to hear it. No, this is probably bullshit. Well, let's hear it. We'll tell you. Something about having a puppy. I don't think I'm adding in the puppy time right. to my leaving. First of all, it makes me want to spend every minute. With the puppy. Yeah. Right. So I'm not so casual with not being there. But then also, you know, there's it takes time to like get everything ready to leave him. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm not adding in that time. I, that's possible. How long have you had the puppy? Seven years. 
No, how long, how long have you got uh, the puppy? We got him in February. Okay, that's still new. Yeah. Still, they're still, you're still learning on a right. learning curve. I, I'd give you that. Oh, thank you. I'd say, I wouldn't say that's immediate. I don't, my bullshit meter doesn't immediately go off. Okay. Mine's going up a tiny bit, I think. Okay. Well, then, you, know, you would know better. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that. I don't know what it is. Well, now that, now that you've said that. Maybe I'll try to be more on time. Well, Maybe I will be more on that, time. If, you, if it keeps happening, then that's not true. Yes. Now that you're completely aware of it and you're right. saying maybe that's what it is, if you're not using that to solve the problem, then yeah, it's totally yeah. bullshit. Now, your wife, being a surgeon, right. is she on time? I don't know that her being a surgeon has anything to do with it. Uh, well, you know, for surgery, you have to be on time. But they, you know, their, their times are like, we're going to have surgery at 8. She has to be there at 7 to like round and do all the stuff. Um, she's pretty good. Yeah, she's pretty good. It's when it... What's hard is with us is like I'll have an event or we'll have to be somewhere for a dinner or, you know, a showing or something. And she she doesn't know when she's going to be off. So that's hard for me because I'm like want to be punctual and want to leave at a certain time and have it yeah. mapped out in my head. It takes this long to get this place. And if she doesn't – if they can't round until 5, she's not going to get home until 5, 35, 45. And then she has to get ready and that, you know, that's out of my control. Right. So – but she's pretty – yeah, she's good. She's good about that. I became – I used to be terrible about it. And finally someone explained to me the fact that you, at that point you think your time is more important than everyone else's. And there are times when that's true. <laughs> yes. There are times when I'm like, yeah, I don't care. But it makes me feel bad. Like I, it's kind of like a do another thing, you know. Right, right. Well, thank you so much my for doing my show. This was my, super I really enjoyed fun. It. I really enjoyed it. We have one other segment. Oh, I love this segment. Okay. Yeah. I so love you know this. this segment. I know what it is. Do you have I I, I don't have any at the any hey go fuck yourselves at the ready, do you need to tell anyone about themselves? I don't. I don't I was oh, I was okay. hoping that someone would like tweet something mean to me or something, but I haven't gotten that. Right. People have been really nice up to Ted. Really? So far. Yeah. Thank you. Do you ever get any online hate? No, not really. I mean not that I'm aware of. Not directly. Not directly to me. I did get you know what? I got one. Oh, I good. got one. Great. I great. got one. I had a woman uh, uh, who is a family cousinish. Uh, who lives in my hometown, who sent me a private message on Facebook last week telling me, uh, asking me a question. So I, I, I can tell from the way she said it was, I can tell from your posts, et cetera, that you're no longer Mormon. Mm. And I said, yep. And I'm happy about it. And so, you know, I, she goes, but I still love you anyway. And I said, well, yep, I'm not Mormon. And I said, thank you for still loving me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, and I'm, I'm very happy. Thank you. And then she sent me a message back saying your mother would be disappointed. Oh, my God. You know what? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Hey, lady. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. I thought that was the most inappropriate. And I'm still I'm – still, um, that's my oh. initial response, right? Yeah. So wrong. Um, uh, that's my initial response. And I'm, I'm currently in my mind uh, phrasing an e- a very harshly worded email. But I'm going to do it without saying go fuck yourself. Because that'll turn her off immediately and she'll right. hear the rest of it. What if it sounded as pretty as this, though? Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. See, she might, might like that. Cut through it. That yeah. might cut through a little bit. Because it, so it's almost sing-songy and like you, so feel, sweet. you feel sweet when you're yeah. like, oh, oh, what? Right. And then you have to listen. It's no, so I'm, I'm, I'm currently phrasing an email where I, I'm going to let her have it. How come? Uh, how come I'm going to let her have it? Yeah. Because, uh, first of all, it's completely inappropriate. Right. What an inappropriate thing to say and unbelievably wrong. She's so wrong. My mom would so be happy for me right now. I am I married the woman I love who's my best friend. I have a great career. I'm, I'm a better, quote, unquote, Christian now than I ever was as a Mormon. I treat myself and other people better. My mom would be giddy. 
my mom would be so happy for me right now, regardless of whether or not I belong to some stupid religion. Yeah. Oh my god, that woman can right? totally go fuck, go fuck herself. Yourself. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. Yeah. I just wonder. Oh, she's if not going to be able to hear me. This woman is even like reachable. No, no. Yeah. No, she and it's this is for but me. For you. This yeah. is for me. This is like I need to work out what the logic is because my immediate response is emotional like go fuck yourself how right. dare you well it's just such a it's like not respecting a boundary and just being a total cunt yeah real, yes completely real completely she's very Ayn Randian she's not really not at all yeah <laughs> not at all but she's selflessly telling me to go fuck to, to go fuck but myself. still to anyone who's like oh, oh it's, uh, no uh, no don't invoke Yuck. the dead parent for your religion they don't believe in right never never right that's don't a good anyone. rule of thumb yeah but well, just that's don't judge other people. That's the thing about that's the thing about the yeah, right? Rule number one, yeah. don't judge. Judge not. Right. Not rule number one. But it's up there. It's up <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> Top rule 50. number one, outside not having other gods before me. You know, and the whole ox and wife neighbor thing. You know, it's like <laughs> Right. It's then it's right under that. It always amazed me. The the people that I was raised with as a kid who uh they just got it wrong. I mean, they just they're, they're they they held on, and this happens to every religion. They hold on to one or two things that separates them from the others, yeah. and they they hold on to those as being highly highly important. Um, uh, real quick, I had a friend in high school. Mormons don't drink alcohol, which we talked about mm-hmm. before. Uh, but so they, anyone who drank alcohol, they were like, "Oh, that's a bad person." I'm like, "Actually, no. Just because they drink doesn't mean anything. They could actually be a much better person than you are." But because they do that, it has nothing to do with how good a person is. Like, look, if they're slaughtering kittens, maybe. <laughs> right. Maybe they're a bad person. But I'm still going to hold out judgment. I don't like cats. Yeah, I'm allergic to them. Me too. That's why I don't right. like them. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, people want things to be very black and white. Yes, it's they're easier for them. Oh, that was the other thing she said. It, uh, it's, um, it's, it's something about it's easier to take. There's an easier path is easier. Something along those lines of you're doing the easy, the easy way. And I'm like, woman, you have no idea. I was going to say. What's easy is staying in your same town, believing what the people taught, not questioning anything, not and just yourself. following the road that was mapped out for you. Yeah. What's hard is abandoning all of that and then going out on your own and doing something no one ever thought of in your, in your home, in your family. I feel like she's uh, casting stones. Hugely. Living in a glass house. Right. She's Billy Joel <laughs> holding a rock facing yeah. that house. Right. Wow. Wish I knew. If I didn't know that name of that album, I would have killed that joke. No, it was good. I'm gonna enjoy it later. Oh, it was pretty great. Okay, yeah. I enjoyed it. All right. Um. Well, this has been super fun. I really Thank enjoyed it. Thank so you so much me. for yeah, doing pleasure. my show. Um. Let's plug all the things that you might want to plug. People can follow you on Twitter. Twitter at Kevin Rom. R A H M. Yeah. Ted Shaw is not me, but I. He's pretty cool. There's a There's an at Ted Shaw right mm-hmm. now. This and all the characters they have at. I love that. It's cool, right? Why? It's kind of why is it spelled that way, though? A completely made-up name. Completely made-up name. C H A O U G H. Yeah. Is that spell? I have no it's idea. They're, like, there's writers like being chuff. funny. Writers being funny. Um, the other thing you check out is PacificResidentTheater.com. Theater with an R E. Uh, we did a reading of True about three weeks ago with Robert Morris from Mad Men, mm-hmm. and it was an amazing success. It was a benefit for the theater, and we're probably going to do another one here in the next couple of months before we start back. And that's it. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you so much. You My can pleasure. Follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. You can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. Um, you can get your very own Hey, Go Fuck Yourself ringtone. That's awesome. Uh, if you. Hey. Hey. Sure. Hey. Go fuck yourself. 
by just searching Hey Go Fuck Yourself from your, <laughs> with your iPhone in the iTunes store. And if you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, uh, why not click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra, but it does help the show. Okay. Thank you for listening. I love you guys. Bye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show?